0: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are on part three of this very popular topic, which is your exact plan, how to become truly rich and stay rich. And, of course, as I just said, this is part three. Um, you know, I know this is a great topic because sometimes when Julie and I do multiple parts uh, shows, part one, part two, part three, part four, we'll lose audience. People will stop listening around part three or part four. But on this uh, topic, actually, we're in, uh, having more people uh it's, it's gathering momentum opposed to losing momentum. I don't know. This is kind of nerdy stuff. But you guys might appreciate that if those of you are thinking about doing a podcast. Anyway, so this is one of those topics that everybody likes because it can relate to everyone because it really cuts through all the Mickey Mouse of why you're in real estate. Um, you know, and I I remember during Julie and I's real estate careers. We had lots of temptations, as you guys do, but honestly, you had way more temptations than we ever did. Back when Julie and I were selling real estate in the '90s, there wasn't Zillow. There was Realtor.com, and Realtor.com at that point really was more of in service to the real estate industry. They weren't. It isn't like it is now, you know. So the moral of the story is: back when Julie and I sold real estate, there weren't as many temptations and easy buttons. And after Zillow came around in 2007, um, the number of Companies out there that are – I don't want to use the word praying, but just to make a point quickly since we only have you guys for a half hour – that are praying on agents wanting to look for easy buttons has just multiplied into – I bet you there are at least 5,000 companies out there right now that are – I mean, I might be naive. It might be like 100,000, but there's zillions of companies that are trying to uh, essentially appeal to your guys' desire not to stay drilled down and work and, don't, and do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And I understand and I sympathize with all of you that it's confusing as hell because you go different places and you're going to hear the same buy your business, build a team, do marketing, do branding, do all this stuff that's going to require you pulling out your credit card number and spending money hoping and praying that somehow it'll work. And my God, it's got to work because after all, some guru told you this is what you have to do. It takes real courage and backbone to trust your intuition, to know that most of what they're telling you and selling you is bullshit. And you're not going to know that it's bullshit unless you've been around like we have. It, not necessarily in real estate. and um, You could have been experienced as an entrepreneur in other businesses, and you'll see right through those gimmicks. Those businesses are just there to sell you something that basically – I'm not saying they won't deliver on what they're trying to sell you. I'm telling you that what they're trying to sell you won't deliver on what you hope it'll do. Do you guys get the difference? I'm not claiming that some company that wants to design a logo or a fancy website won't do just that. They will. They'll do exactly what they promised you uh, they would do. I'm just telling you that you didn't need to do it in the first place because it's not going to make you any money. Do you understand the difference, listeners? So when you're going about trying to decide whether you want to build a business that's based on ego, whether you want to build a business that's based on profit, and with that profit you can reinvest and become rich where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money, you really do have to be um, hard-lined about your natural desire, and everyone's like this, to look for the easy button, to look for a shortcut. Have it as part of your, at least start working on the idea that shortcuts are for losers. And if you're looking for shortcuts, if you're looking for anything that's going to somehow uh, make it so that you – You guys get what i'm saying if somebody calls you and says listen i've got this new widget bang widget and it's going to generate all these leads for you and you don't have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level prospect lead generate have conversations with uh, sellers primarily learn how to be really good at your scripts learn how to pre-qualify learn how to present and all these other types of things that are necessary for you truly to be successful and make profit in your business when these companies call you, email you, and they solicit you trying to make you think that you can shortcut the absolutely, necess- the absolutely necessary learning curve, um, you need to have the courage to say not just no, but hell no. And I know that's difficult because you are um, it's easy to fall prey to those companies. It's easy to believe that all you have to do is buy buyer leads. It's easy to believe that somehow doing a bunch of direct mail pieces will cause sellers to call you. It's you know, it's easy to believe all those stories, but they're not 100% not true, but they're not true enough that you shouldn't even consider doing them in the first place. Julie, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it absolutely does make sense. And, you know, you do have to think about this stuff a lot more than when there was just one or two choices. You know, your point about all yeah, of the crazy exactly. options they have. I mean, we had the big Remax catalog, then we had some stuff online and you know you had your direct mail and your magazines it was almost i mean back then that felt overwhelming it's way worse now you have to think about that and this is one of the things that we do in coaching is have them go through some of the stuff they thought was going to be the easy button six months ago put on their credit card and forgot about you know so you really got to watch this and it does tie into our topic which gets to the point it's not just about earning more money you can really get uh that you know there's lifestyle creek creep for personal things, but there's also business lifestyle creep as well when you don't keep an eye on those expenses, and you can be seduced into thinking, well, all I have to do is earn more money. It's not just that. It's earn more money and watch those expenses, and the only way to cure that is to increase your skill.
0: It's all related. Well, Jules, you just said something really important. I hope you guys heard what she just said. The, and this is, again, counterintuitive. The cure for what ails you is not more income. It isn't. The cure for what ails you is not more revenue. No, I'm not getting spiritual. No, I'm not going to talk about how, you know, just blah, 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 blah. We're not meandering into that weird realm of, you know, all that. I'm here to tell you, just listen to my very hopefully practical and tactical advice. More revenue does not cure your financial problems. More revenue is just more revenue. You can make easily, you can make more revenue in real estate. It's not difficult to make money in real estate, to turn lots of transactions. It's easy. The hard part is having the financial and business discipline to have a profit from the money that you're actually uh, generating. That's where most business people, not just real estate people, I mean, Julie and I are lucky to have some people in unrelated industries as coaching clients, and everybody struggles with making the most net profit. But I have to tell you, of all the people that we've ever coached, brokers and agents are the worst at it because they spend so much money unnecessarily on stuff that's just nothing other than ego. It's just stuff that's designed to make them feel good. You know, when you guys get a solicitation from somebody and they say basically you have to do this to establish – I always like to pick on branding because it's such crap – You know, essentially branding the idea that you spend a bunch of money with a pretty logo and all this other stuff, and then people will call you. It's just not true, guys. It's just not true. People ultimately will call you because you did a great job, because you're actually a professional, because you're somebody that they can trust, because you're somebody who's earned the business because you, you, know, you called them up and you were able to prove to them that you could solve their problem. That's the reason that people do business with you. Now, down the road, I get the idea that you maybe want to have a nice you know, presence, professional presence, and that's fine, but that's the order in which it should happen. Thinking that those things are going to happen in the reverse order where you're going to big, magically somehow you know, do some big direct mail campaign and have a bunch of business pour on you that's going to last more than just you know, a couple transactions, it just doesn't make any sense. You don't make any profit. So I'm going to repeat what I said, and you guys really – I hope you're internalizing this. More revenue does not solve your financial problems. You have to be running a business that's based on profit. And your first line item in your business when you're putting your business plan together has to be profit has to be, for example, I'll make it really practical. You're going to take in a commission check today for $10,000. Off the top of that check, I want you to save at least $1,000. Maybe, depending on your situation financially, I want you to save uh, maybe $2,500 or $5,000. Right? I want you to save money before you've paid your taxes, before you've paid your grocery bill. Before you've paid anything, now, you gotta, I, this is, again, we only have you for a half hour, um, but the, and I can't, you know, if you have other extraneous debts and whatnot, you maybe save 5% for savings and you put 5% aside for retiring debts and things like that, but the point is, is that you have to save off the top. What most people do is they save with whatever's left, and there's never enough left for it to amount to anything, you know, at all, so you have to save off the top or you won't save. So when you were running a big business and, oh, Tim, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. I did, you know, we did $50 million in commissions last year, some brokerages. Or I'll hear things people will say like, I had a team and we did $2 million in commission. Okay, great. How much money did you save? Well, I'm investing all my money back in my business. Oh, so you saved none. Yes, but I have a really nice big-ass house and two boats and I have the rest of it. So you saved none. Yes, they have saved none. And that's very normal. And so what happens is basically they'll have great revenue, they'll have great lifestyles, but they'll have nothing to show for it. So if you want to be, let's say we're, you and I are talking, you know, three of us, and let's say maybe you're going to the event that we're doing in Hawaii in December, and you decide to attend the Elite Pacific event that we're doing. And we're sitting, you know, someplace nice, and nice Hawaiian breeze is blowing. And I ask you this question, because this is my favorite question to ask in December or January every time I run into a client or a listener, just anybody, I say, what are the three things you're most proud of having accomplished in the last 12 months? Normally, people struggle like hell to come up with an answer. And when they come up with answers, they're not real answers. They'll say things like, well, I worked on my, or I started, or I, that type of thing. Nothing was actually done. They, I want answers like, I lost 20 pounds. I'm now able to run a mile in you know this amount of time. I was able to save $100,000. I paid off one of my rentals. Guys get it? Not, well, you know what I did, brother? I went from 100 houses to 200 houses. Who gives a rat's ass? What difference does it make if you didn't actually improve your net worth? If you didn't actually help your own personal, um, you know, your own personal economy? What was the point? Brokerages, you guys are guilty of this too. More transactions for more agents, but you don't result in any more profit. It just means more headaches. You should know that by now. It just makes sense. So the question you've got to ask yourself or what are the things that you want to, the three things that you want to be most proud of, and Julie and I are about to get back to point number nine, what are the three, three things you're, that you want to be most proud of in six months? Ask yourself that question. It is an incredible, and it can't be a working on. It can't be in process. It has to be a completion answer, like the examples I gave you. All right, so Julie, let's go through some more of these points. Now, yesterday we left off. And we were talking about the, um, the section that we called the No BS Spaces of Wealth Building. And we are on point number nine. And I want to give credit where credit is due. This point actually comes from Austin native Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> he says, life is barely long enough t- uh, to get good at one thing, choose wisely. And so we add to that, become the, listing agent, the best listing agent you can be and uh, don't dabble at it. I thought that was really a fascinating point that he made. Life is barely long enough to get good at one thing, so choose wisely. What is it that you're really the best at in your real estate business? And if you have to choose, I think it definitely should be becoming a listing agent. Don't say I'm, I'm, I've chosen to, uh, to really be good at running a team. Or don't say I've chosen to be really good at working with buyers. Don't say I've chosen to be really good at anything else other than working with a listing agent, as a listing agent, because the listing agent, are, agents are the ones that make all the money in the business. That's where the longevity comes from. That's where the wealth building opportunities come from. Point number 10, Julie.
1: Yes. Point number 10 is keep yourself in motion at all times in all aspects of your life. Remember that inaction is an action. I love that quote as well. Keep yourself in motion at all times. We did a, a podcast about this not too long ago, the, the uh, discussion about complacency. You know, when you leave something alone, it, complacency makes it seem like nothing's happening. In fact, deterioration happens almost immediately. You leave fruit on the counter, you leave some bananas out for three days, what starts happening? They start going south, it doesn't take long. Your body's like that, your mind's like that, your wallet's like that, your business is like that, your lead generation is like that. Keeping in motion at all times. You're fond of the saying that I think we could add to this point, done is better than perfect. Done means you took action. Waiting to be perfect means you're probably piddling around, getting ready to get started, working on, you didn't give yourself a deadline. So keep yourself in motion and remember that done is better than perfect. You don't have to be perfect at pretty much anything in real estate to be helping people and to be earning while you learn. So, you know, lose the inaction and you're going to see lots of changes in your life. And I think you're right that it's in, in all aspects. That's why we bring up Orange Theory sometimes. You know, keeping your. Rotting bananas is a great motion.
0: way of describing it. Rotting bananas was a great way of describing it. I love that. All right, next point. Um, point number 11, don't lose, your mar- don't lose your marriage as you build your wealth. I'm just reading these notes for the first time in a long time. Don't lose your marriage as you build your wealth or you'll end up with no marriage and no wealth. Hey, that was pretty good. Uh, involve your spouse. Uh, get their understanding and support that they will uh, be there in times of imbalance. Okay, I remember why I wrote that point. It's a good one. All right, so when you are, uh, and this is a mistake that a lot of people make, and they make this not just when they're trying to improve themselves financially or their family's situation financially, but when you see people like are trying to improve themselves physically, you see it happening there as well. When you guys are going to really start on a journey, and this is a journey that's going to require a lot of time and dedication and focus, I want you to absolutely positively get the, it doesn't have to be buy-in, but you have to at least let the family know what you're doing if you don't have a family you just have the spouse the same thing otherwise they're going to feel neglected and you're going to maybe accomplish your financial goal but then you won't have anyone to share with it or if it results in the destruction of your marriage then you're going to lose half of whatever you accomplished and then you're back where you started and that's what a lot of people do they'll go double triple down on whatever it is but let's just stay with financial you know building their real estate practice and then the next thing you know they've gained weight They've uh, trashed their family life. So they've lost everything else. So here they are, you know, at the end of, their, end of this bridge where they finally, or, you know, whatever visualization you want to have of it. And there's nobody there to celebrate with. Or the people that are there to celebrate with all have their hands out because of the destructive path that you left on your way across the bridge. So I strongly encourage all of you guys to don't lose your marriage as you build your wealth. Marriage is a, you can fly, marriage can be, that word can be substituted for anything don't lose your partnership, don't lose your, um, you know, don't lose your health, don't lose all your existing wealth as you build. Now, so physical stuff, that's another fascinating thing too. I've personally known men, I don't have known any women that have done this, you know, men kind of are morons when it comes to certain things, who basically when they're about 35, 36, all of a sudden they decide what they want to basically become Arnold Schwarzenegger. And what they start doing is they give up all these things, because they've they become gym rats. They spend all their time working out. They spend all their time, and then they obsess over it. They read books on it. They go to conferences for it. And then, boom, what happens is they lose all connection with the things that were. So now what happens? Year two, three, four later, they're in incredible condition. Nobody's there to celebrate with them, and they've lost all these relationships along the way. So, guys, you, I cannot – there's no such thing as balance. So that's one of the great myths that railroads a lot of people – You can't find balance, so that's the reason I'm giving you a strategy for it. When you're going and you're building your real estate business and you want to save $250,000 or pay off the house or whatever, here's what we suggest to all of our coaching clients. Go to your – especially if you have kids. I want you to basically bribe them to be supportive of you. How about that? Tell them that you will take them to Disney World or wherever – uh, in exchange for them understanding that your that daddy go- or mommy's going to be working in real estate during these hours of the week and doing these types of things, and this the other thing. And as a result of that, they're not necessarily going to be able to be home every day for dinner, and they're not going to be able to be at every ballet practice. And you're going to have to explain to them that dad, your mom, are sacrificing for the sake of the family. And you, as an adult, have to understand that you will have to sacrifice in order for you to be extraordinary in your finances. Even average in your finances takes sacrifice. Um, this book basically just bounced in my head. If you guys have never listened or read to this book, get this book. It's called Profits Aren't Everything. They're the only thing. It's a great book. Uh, It's a great book if you're business-minded. It's not a great book if you're basically one of these people who believes in balance. Okay, so there you go. We're going to move on just for the sake of time. All right, practical phases. Learning skill, uh, phase one, uh, as you basically are kind of uh, meandering into the idea. Okay, what are the the qualities? I should have called this maybe practical phases. Maybe would have been qualities to somebody, a rich person. That might be a better category for this. They're six quick ones and Julie, you can jump on to the next one after we go through, uh, after I go through these six sure. um, points. Number one, learn skills. Don't rely on luck. A lot of you guys are, um, you know, you're talented enough that you have been able to get so far in your careers without ever actually having a PLP or a listing presentation, whether we're actually having to have any real skill or, or, or process. Well, you will level off and you will essentially start becoming that rotten banana So elegantly said. Point number two, become a listing agent. Talked about that enough. Don't need to say it again. Point number three, accept that everything takes about twice as long as you think. I should edit that and say 10 times longer than you think. Because <laughs> it does. Every, and the older you get, the older you get, the longer it takes. Oh my gosh, is that true? So, And millennials, that's one thing that you guys are going to have to learn. Everyone had to learn. It's not just your generation. My generation, Generation X, and all the rest of them. Everybody expects, everyone wants to believe in the overnight success thing or the overnight, you know, Some no, it's a lifetime, okay? It's gonna take you a lifetime of absolute drill down focus to get to where you wanna be, which brings, brings me to point number four, qualities of a rich person. Be myopic, drill down and don't stop. In other words, have tunnel vision. Follow one course until successful, focus. That's another way of writing these things, of understanding these points which is point number five, focus, follow one course until successful, which is the exact opposite of what most people, not just real estate people, but most people in life do. You know, they'll go and you guys can just think about how many different times you have decided that you're going to fill in the blank, save money, pay off debt, lose weight, Whatever it is that you've – and then what happened is you started basically dabbling with different ideas. Maybe you went to a podcast and heard one thing, or you went to some different guy telling you to take out Facebook ads, and some different guy is telling you this, and the other thing, the other thing, the other thing. Okay, there's no focus there. And you're, you're somehow you, – you think somehow you're going to be able to take all these you know, really crazy ideas and weave them together and have some sort of master plan. That's what you actually tell yourself. Guys, that's not thinking like a business owner. Why would you waste time, A, trying to gather all this different information from different sources? That's just silly. That's just mental masturbation. That's just you procrastinating. That's all it is. Oh, I got to go to this conference before I actually have to start doing what I don't want to do and I don't want to do at the highest level. Oh, I've heard Tim and Julie tell me all these, you know, things that I'm supposed to be doing and I don't want to do them. I'm going to go to another conference and try to learn how to do, uh, get leads by Facebook ads or something silly like that, okay? Sound familiar? I know it is because most of you have fallen prey to that because nobody other than Julie and I have been telling you that that is Mickey Mouse, Okay? So, bottom line is follow one course until successful. Follow the course. If your true goal is to be rich, if your true goal is to be rich to the point where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money, why wouldn't you choose a single path that's proven to get people there? Why would you try to do it any other way? It makes no sense. Uh, In two hours, Julie and I have to drive 35 miles down to Austin. Okay, we live north of Austin. And I went to Google Maps, and I went and had had them map it out, and I had them send the directions to my cell phone, which I'll send to our truck. That's the basic way that we're going to do it. Why would I want to try to figure out how to get down there myself if within a couple clicks I can basically have the directions that I need to get me there the quickest? You guys understand? Why would you do it any other way? It just doesn't make any sense, does it? And here's the answer why. Point number six, your ego is not in check. Your ego is basically telling you that you're some kind of business creative genius. Your ego is telling you for you to be successful, you have to be some sort of, you know, it's, it's the popular myth of the entrepreneur. Guys, Julie and I talked about this the other day. The best, most profitable businesses, not just our industry, but any industry are boring. They're boring businesses. And that's what you want. You want a boring, monotonous business that produces boat crap tons of profit. You don't want an exciting business. Exciting businesses usually fail, you know, That's exciting cool. businesses usually end in basically big, you know, fiery burnouts. So keep your ego in check, even during the most successful months, quarters and years. That's something else. Again, we talked about this the other day in part one, is a lot of you who are experiencing so much amazing success right now, which we're thrilled to be sharing that path with a lot of you as coaching clients. You've got to keep your ego in check, and remember what got you there in the first place was either having or at least basically being on well on your way to living the lifestyle, doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. Go back and look to see where all the transactions that you're closing in, this month and next month, look to see where the genesis, the original source of those, that, those leads were. Nine times out of ten, those, those leads were sourced, months ago, and it's taking you that long to bring those people in as clients. And for those of you who believe in long-term lead follow-up, same exercise and look to see how many of those people you put in your database five years ago. The answer will be virtually none. Long-term lead follow-up on buyers is a waste of time. How much money are you spending on that, listeners? How many fancy drip campaigns and whatnot are you spending on long-term lead follow-up? I'm not going to get on that soapbox. It doesn't work. If we're the first ones to tell you that, you're welcome. All right. Now – a next element of a uh, somebody who stays rich remember first of all we talked about how to get rich we talked about basically the elements of at um, the mindset of someone who's rich now we're going to talk about how to stay rich here it is write these points down Uh Julie we're gonna go I'm gonna go through just the first actually you can do the next one can you do that one
1: uh, sure you know we're starting some of this is is reminding them of things we've talked about pay off debt systematically and keep it paid off The key word here is systematically you were talking about you get paid, you take some off the top, not just when you feel comfortable doing it, it's every time as you said before you pay for anything else. Force yourself to save. Start with 10% from every check and increase it as your debt melts away. Then moving on to buying single family homes in good areas that are stable. Use the information from the last recession, make sure all all the stuff that we talk about Some of that is still true. Most of the areas that are stable are still great places to invest in. Some of that's shifted around. We did a whole show on that about two months ago. We had a whole series of where to invest and why, and we were talking about investing in the same places that the huge firms invest in. They've got economists that have studied all that. Buy where they're buying. Buy enough rentals and have them paid off or paid down to the point where that income is at least covering your personal overhead. That's a great place to start then keep selling. Don't give up. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Do these in points because I know I didn't point point the notes. I didn't, I know I didn't point the notes. I apologize. My fault, but so go back to, so point number one was have a, a plan to systematically save and have a plan to systematically retire debt. Okay. There's number one, number two, uh, and number two, Julie, point number two was
1: Uh, yes i was just sending you some more notes point number two was uh, forced savings starting with 10 percent off of every check and increase that as your debt melts away point number three was to buy single family homes in good stable areas actually study that before you pull the trigger we gave you a lot of that on previous podcasts this year not Mm -hmm. too long ago point number four buy enough rentals single family homes why single family homes and not multifamilies? because if you ever want to slash have to sell them it's a lot easier to sell them more people wanna buy a house than wanna buy a multifamily. But buy enough of them to cover your personal overhead was point number four. And then point number five, keep selling and live off of the money that you earn. Save the money from the rentals. You can kind of flip-flop this, right? Until you actually need it. Just because you have your monthly overhead covered doesn't mean you should immediately pull back, especially now that at this point you're at the peak of your career and things have become a bit easier. A little bit more lather, rinse, repeat. So don't be seduced into building a team that will supposedly do all the work for you so you can make all the money. We've talked about that enough, hopefully. Next point is, when you've got your rentals, each house has to have their own savings account. Each one should have its own LLC, obviously its own insurance, and consider buying nationally, just like the hedge funds do. A lot of you guys don't own rentals because right in your backyard is too expensive for you to have gotten into it too early. Stop looking just in your own backyard. If your average sale price where you live is 650 or 800 doesn't make sense. Look out of your own backyard. Next point is to invest the cash flow from the rentals into securities. And I'm going to leave you here, Tim, with the Vanguard Index Fund uh, wrap-up because I've got to get to Premier.
0: Um, I have a coaching call, too. So we're actually not going to give you guys that information today. We'll give it to you ah. on our next podcast. Wait. But here's the, here's the systematic Part- approach to it, okay? Okay. Good luck, Julie. Have a good call. So here's the systematic approach to this. Um, we're going we talked about all these points in great detail in the, uh, part one, two, and three of uh, this series. But when you're coming when its come to buying uh, rental properties, I know there are a lot of people who make very good arguments, and I can't I'm, I'm just this at the end of the day, I'm not going to make this a religious point. Some people want to make you know why would you buy singles if you can buy doubles and triples and quads? because very rarely here's been our personal experience. And frankly, our opinion now is being, um, essentially, if you look at what the big hedge funds are doing, they've been buying, or they're buying exactly what Julie and I've been buying for the last 20 years. They're not buying multiple families. They're buying single families. Why are they buying single families? Why are the big moneyed people not buying what essentially all the other investment gurus swear you should be buying? The answer is simple, because when you buy uh, multi-families, generally speaking, even though hypothetically you can make better cash flow, the building itself is going to cost more to, uh, upkeep because you're going to have four furnaces if it's a quad, right? Or you're going to have a bigger roof. You're going to have a lot more windows. So there's that. But in addition to that, those buildings are generally not appreciating like a single family uh, will appreciate. And if, it's, if you have a really good cap rate on a multifamily, I can pretty much guarantee you it's in an area where the property won't appreciate hardly at all. Maybe it keeps up with inflation, but probably not even that. So, when you look at essentially, there's three ways you make money with real estate. And this is not flipping. We're not, Julie and I are not in that realm of real estate, never will be. That doesn't interest us because we're buy and hold. Because the you know secret of being rich and staying rich is basically when you get cash-flowing investments, you never sell them, right? Doesn't that make sense? Some of you guys are obsessed with flipping properties. It's crazy. You guys will brag about making twenty or thirty grand on a property, but it took you three or four months to basically prepare for market. And if you'd kept it, you would have been able to make probably you know seven, eight, nine percent on the on the money. Your cash-on-cash return, and then you would have had the benefit of the three great benefits of real estate, which is appreciation. Okay. And I can't – don't count on it, but appreciation is kind of a cool thing when it happens. It doesn't always happen, but when it does, appreciation is nice. Um, you have depreciation on your taxes because you can depreciate the property on the taxes and write lots of things off, thus reducing the amount of money you uh, owe the government. And point number three is you have cash flow. So you can't get that, those three things from any other form of investment other than real estate. And the best way to lock in the, rather increase your likelihood of being able to benefit from all three of those buckets is going to be buying single families. And again, for the longest time, Julie and I were the only ones in the real estate space, even amongst real estate agents, realtors, you know, residential realtors, who are saying buy single families. Everybody else wants to buy multifamilies because you know, the numbers look better. I get it. But we knew that you would lose the hype. Uh, you know, if you buy a nice single family house, that's a first time home buyer type house, or, or even a move up, depending on where you are in the country, you're going to benefit in those three different ways. And if you buy a multifamily, you won't. Now, I know there are exceptions. I know there are parts of the country where multifamilies are, uh, you know, next door with single families, but those are few and far between. And even when that happens, the the, uh, multifamily still won't be worth as much as the single family. And the reason is really quite simple from an intuitive perspective. Some of you guys are renting. Would you rather live in a multifamily or would you rather live in a single family, right? Duh. Everyone wants a single family. You don't have to share a wall with somebody if you don't have to. Look, I know some of you in parts of the world have no choice because of the density of housing, and that's just basically your normal lifestyle. I get it. But for the vast majority, 90% of you listening in the United States and around the world, look for inexpensive single-family type homes um, and julie touched on this look to see where the big boys are investing the uh, american homes for rent and the black Rock and the, all the others go to their websites and look go to their homes for rent section this you know as a consumer and just pull down the menu and see where they have properties for rent and you'll see that all these companies are buying in the same about 25 areas around the country so wouldn't it make sense that you buy in those same exact areas of course it would so that's been basic formula that we've used um and uh you know julie also said correctly make sure you guys are not just buying your own backyard all right so on monday we are going to talk about um the specific vanguard index funds that we want you to consider investing in go to B O G. uh shit, i don't remember it's a I think let me look I don't want to get this wrong for you guys, B-O-G-L-E, is it L-E? Yep, boglehead Uh Bogleheads.com. And on Monday, we're going to be talking about the Vanguard Index Funds that while you're still earning money in your real estate business and your real estate investment business is producing profit – we want you to consider investing the profit from your real estate and you know, your real estate uh, rental business. We don't want you to take those profits and live off them unless you have to. We want you to take that money and we want you to put that money into index funds. That way you're diversifying your, uh, your financial future even more. Remember, get rich and stay rich. So we're going to be drilling down more on the stay rich part on Monday. Look, I know we've covered a lot of ground, but this is information that nobody else is giving you guys and you really need to have. Um, There's so much more that we're not able to talk about because we only have you for a half hour every day. You must take this seriously. I promise you that nobody is going to take care of your financial future for you. Not the government, not your accountant, not your financial advisor. Nobody is going to look after you except you. Nobody. You have to do this yourself. You have to assume that everybody, even people you're paying good money to, are not doing it as well as you could with just a little bit of education. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to plant the seeds. You guys need to add the water and the sunshine and and let these ideas work so you can actually benefit from them. If you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show on Monday.